0: Let's all please turn. Actually, i got two scriptures for you today. I know you're happy to hear that. I know you're real happy to hear that. Let's all please turn. I'll give you a little bit of time since you have to. The Psalm 118. That's the biggest Psalm, by the way. Psalm 118, verse 24. Verse 24. Psalm 118, verse 24. That's the first one. I'm not going to make you stand just yet. The second one is Colossians, chapter 3, verse 23. But keep it marked on Psalm 118, verse 24. Keep it marked on that because got something more to say about that. Or, no, I do not. I'm, just, I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Anyway, Psalm 118, verse I'm thinking of next week's sermon. So I apologize. Uh, Psalm 118, verse 24. That's why I don't usually work on more than one sermon at once, so my brain just can't abide it. <laughs> Psalm 118, verse 24. So, once you find Psalm 118, verse 24, and Colossians 3:23, please stand to honor the reading of his word. <laughs> Yes, wow, I had no idea, no idea, eh? no idea, yes, absolutely, listen what it is, this is the day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it, she had no idea, isn't that amazing, I had no, hallelujah, praise the Lord, that was more than irony, hallelujah, isn't that amazing, I happen to love that, I think that wasn't an accident. That's just my opinion. Followed by Colossians 3.23. And whatever you do, do it heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. And that one we're going to go back through several times today. Once again, Colossians 3.23, and I dare say this is the one, the scripture of the day. Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. To take this because I don't want to be sniffling while I have the microphone on. Mm -hmm. If at all possible. Okay. There you go. I hope that's good enough. There you go. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Here you go. All right, is that good? All right. Did you know that there are 10 federal holidays? We just came out of Christmas and New Year's, what they call Happy Holidays. We just came out of that. We just came out of the holiday season. I'm glad for that. I really am. I'm glad because I don't think my wallet can handle it anymore. We have other holidays coming up, but there are only ten federal holidays. What they call holidays, federally, that is. Uh, the first, I'm going to go through and, and I'm going to name all ten in order. There's a new one that, ha, that this came about in 2021. I wasn't even aware of it until now. I don't know why they called a holiday. I'll be honest with you. I'm not, not going to try to let my ideas get involved with that, but I will tell you what it is in here in just a moment. Number one, they have New Year's, of course, that's a federal holiday. Number two, we have uh, Martin Luther King Day Jr., that's been around for a while now. Number three, we have Washington's birthday, and that's good. I'm glad we have that. Uh, I'm sure those who have federal jobs are very glad of these days, all of them. Number four, we have, and this one this came about in 2021, weren't even aware of it because, you know, it was during COVID and all that, but they have a new holiday called Juneteenth National Independence Day, I don't know why we need more than one Independence Day, but that's uh, involving slavery and the freedom thereof. And then there's uh, number five, Independence Day, which is freedom for all people. So you know, but that's just me. I think one Independence Day is enough. But then, then again, uh, then and that's also, of course, known as July 4th, and uh, has more to do than with just firecrackers, incidentally. And then there's a uh, sixth, Labor Day. Number seven's Columbus Day. I know some people have. Sneaky stuff to say about that, but Columbus Day is important because if weren't for the discovery for all the world to know about that this place, we wouldn't be here celebrating these 10 days. Uh, and number uh, 8 is Veterans Day. Thank God for the veterans or we wouldn't be able to continue to celebrate these days if it weren't for wonderful veterans. Number 9 is Thanksgiving. There's a lot of things we can say about that day and we will hear in a little bit. And then number 10, Christmas. Christmas. The word holiday gets misused a lot. The actual word and definition of holiday, the word holiday means holy day. And it's funny because of the 10 holidays we just mentioned, only one, only one is an actual holy day. Interesting about that. Only one's a holy day, and that's Christmas. Now, I know we have a lot of people who say it's not a holiday because of the Celtic, da da da, da. We'll talk about that in a little bit. That's silly. But two. Two could be thought of as a holy day. We'll talk a little more about Thanksgiving here in a little bit and that there is holiness to it, but only one is a literal holy day in its original meaning. But now the word holiday gets used a lot and that's okay. It's okay if you want to call these days holidays. Some days holiday, the word holiday just means a day of celebration. And I understand that. I'm not dogmatic on it. It's all right if you want to call those days holidays. I get it. I mean, we also have holiday in, Right. A celebration place. It used to be a real fancy place. Nowadays, holiday inn doesn't mean what it used to mean. And then there's holiday. Uh, the word holiday gets used a lot. Uh, I actually live in a place called Holiday Hills. It's not always a holiday when you live there most of your life. <laughs> but holiday gets used a lot. The word does. In fact, the word holiday in England and lots of other places, the word holiday just means vacation. You're forever on holiday. In fact, in the in the in the story, Christmas Carol or Scrooge, some call it. He says you're forever on holiday, which means you're always taking days off. You're always on a break. You're always on vacation. So when you go on a holiday, it means you're on vacation. In fact, I'll admit to you, while I was putting this sermon together, the title of the sermon is called uh, Holiday Road. And I had a song stuck on my head all week long putting this sermon together, or technically two weeks long, because I was going to originally do this last week but there's an old movie called vacation you may have heard of it uh and there's a song on that movie called holiday road and they use that on many commercials and many other things and that was stuck in my head all the time holiday road there's many holidays in the bible most of them are jewish festivals and jewish feasts and we'll talk about that we'll talk about holidays today and other things about holidays holiday road is what we're going to talk about we'll get to that here in a little bit but first let me talk about the jewish festivals and feasts and i've talked about them before there are nine Jewish festivals and feasts. There are nine. We're going to talk about them. But there are seven holy feasts and festivals that were appointed by God. They have holy purposes. The seven, does that mean the other two aren't any good? No, they're good. They're good. They just weren't uh, uh, appointed by God in the Bible. And so we get four of them in the springtime. We get two, uh, three in the fall. And then there's uh, two additional celebrations of uh, the feasts that we will also talk about. So let me go through the Jewish Feast real quick. I say real quick, but I am gonna explain to you a lot of the meaning behind it. Real quick for me, as you know, isn't always real quick, but I'm gonna try to go through them the best that I can. I'm gonna give you the Jewish name for them and what we often call them. The first one is called Pesach, and Pesach is, uh, is what we call the Passover. This is the first one and the most important one in reality. The, the Pesach, the Passover, uh, this is the foundational feast that the other six feasts are, are built upon. Uh, it's co- covered in Leviticus, write this down, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 5. It also starts the second feast right there with it. With So it goes right into those first three together, then the fourth. But it, those first three are right together. You have uh, the Passover, a Pesach, the Passover, right into that, goes into the... the uh, the second one. But what the Passover is all about is redemption. And what they do is they eat a feast and in that feast they they, they have a lamb. And with that lamb, they have to uh, eat all of the lamb, not just a little bit, the whole lamb. That lamb represents redemption. They eat all of it. And we know that the sacrificial lamb that, that is taken up for the Jewish people there, that is a symbol of of the lamb, we're talking the Passover lamb that will someday represent the Messiah Christ. That it was so very, very important, okay? And that blood, that sacrificial blood, was pointed out that they had to eat that night in Egypt. We know that was given to them and that that, I apologize, that was so very, very important. There's a lot of symbolism in that lamb. With that, there was also unleavened bread. That was given. That was the second feast. That was all happened there together, right there with the lamb. We had the unleavened bread. That's the second feast. Uh, let me read to you a scripture first, to to uh, tell you about that lamb. In John one twenty nine, this is what John the Baptist said when he looked out and saw Jesus. It says in John one twenty nine, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, "Look." The Lamb of God who takes away sin, the sin of the whole world. This is very symbolic of what that Lamb, of the Passover Lamb, is. Then we have that second feast, the Unleavened Bread. That's that feast, the Unleavened Bread. That feast was to last for seven days. The Unleavened Products were all removed from the household. This is more than just a spring cleaning, okay? This is also in, in uh, Leviticus chapter 23. It, it goes from uh, verse 6 to 8. It's, a, it's to remind us of our spiritual cleansing. This means sanctification. That's the word that can represent all of it. Sanctification. The Messiah was to, to set was to be set apart. His body would not decay in the grave. He was to be set apart from all of us. And we're to be set apart because we're to be cleaned by the the uh, the Messiah. The third part of this was the first fruits. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't understand what that meant, first fruits. But what it means is this the third feast starts on the second day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The first fruits, according to the Jewish understanding, occurs on the 16th day of the Hebrew m- month of Nisan. It uh, is the first crop planted in the winter, the barley harvest. The first fruits of the harvest is cut and is prescri- a prescribed ceremony, is presented to the Lord. In other words, you give the first of what you have. This is why when we give. When we give to the Lord of, of, of our uh, uh, tithe, I always give the first of what I get. In other words, when I get paid, I don't just say, well, I'll get that when I, once I pay my bills. I don't do that. And we really shouldn't. We should give our tithe, at least I do, and my father did. And I know many other Christians do. They give it first. And I don't mean they have to come here and give it first before they do any of the other stuff, but they put it aside first. And no, it, it's not a, we're not Jewish, that's not the point. We're not Jewish faith, that's not the point. By the way, it's all together. But we're talking about giving it first because it's of the heart. It's of the heart. And what they would do is they'd give it first to show God that he was first. It was symbolic is what it was. They would do it first. They would set that aside, the first fruits. The fourth part of it is called uh, Shavuot. And Shavuot means Feast of Weeks, okay? Now this will come a little bit later, but it was still a part of it. And why it would come later is because what that means is, another word for it is Pentecost, by the way, it means 50th, 50th, okay? The the feast was the first fruits of the wheat harvest. One word that connects the feast, the words is orination. So when it was prepared, they'd give that up. And Then the other feast that they would have comes into the fall. Those fall feasts are this, Rosh Hashanah, which means the Feast of Trumpets. The one word that will connect this with the feast is in gathering. The trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, points to the future day when the Messiah returns to rescue the righteous and judge the wicked. And he will. That time will come. We don't want that in the sense that we don't want people to be judged, we want them to be a part of the family, okay? We should never want people to go to hell, never, 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 we need to check our hearts at the door. But that being said, number six, Yom Kippur, that is the Day of Atonement, Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. The feast is known as the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur is the atonement covering for the previous year's sin. This is when the uh, the, excuse me, the atonement or sacrifice was the blood sacrifice of an innocent animal as recorded in Leviticus 1711. Leviticus 1711. They would take the animal, usually the lamb, the, the, the clean lamb. They would sacrifice him. This would be the once a year thing for all of Israel, that area. The thing is, is, this is what Jesus would be, our sacrificial lamb. This is what he was. But it wasn't just a once a year thing. He was sacrificed once and all. We didn't have to go back on that cross anymore. It's done. See the symbolism? Then, then, the last of the original seven, we have Sakut or Sakat, some people call it Sakat. Sakat is Feast of Tabernacles, also known as Feast of Booths. You might have heard it. Feast of Booths. And when I was little and I first heard of it, I thought they said Feast of Booths. That's not what it is. Feast of booths. <laughs> And a feast of tabernacles. And the Jewish, this is also known as Jewish Thanksgiving for some. Jewish Thanksgiving. And the command the command to dwell in booths, uh, the time of rejoicing. The one word can summarize the feast in habitation, they call it. Then we have the last two. These are the additional, the additional two that these aren't found in the Bible because it happened later on. Uh, the one known as Purim, Purim. This was the from the story of Esther, the f- story of Esther, the story of Purim. By the way, Purim means lots. Lots were given, and this is all about how God saved the Jewish people. And this happens, by the way, when they celebrate this, this happens around our month of March, okay? And then uh, you may have heard of this one. I don't know. Maybe you haven't. This one's called Hanukkah, this last one, number nine, Hanukkah. Have you ever heard of Hanukkah? Probably not. <laughs> Hanukkah. Is known as the Festival of Lights. This comes from another time, another story, which I won't get into right now. But this is very important. All these are feasts that they have, holidays that they have. So there are holidays. We all are used to holidays. We're used to times of celebration. Everybody is. And that's good. It's good. We talked about the 10 national, federal holidays. But there are many holidays besides that. Of all the celebrations, there are only a few true holy days. Only a few. But God can be found in all the celebrated days. Every day, really. He can be found in our days. Because, first of all, Christ is in you. Christ is in you. And in every single day that you have, that day can be found to be holy. Especially when you're living for the Lord. When you're putting him first. Everything can be found. What I mean to say is Christ can be found in everything that you do when you're putting him first. This is not to say that we can praise everything in this world. But when we truly look, when we truly, truly look, we can make sure that Christ can be put first in all the things of our lives. It's true. Now, there are two more holy celebrations, holidays, that is, than any other. Number one is Easter easter and christmas they are perhaps the two greatest holidays for christians they are they are christmas we know leads to easter and with that there's another day we need to mention now a lot of times people don't like the the name easter they like to say resurrection day that's fine that's what you like that's fine no problem at all doesn't bother me easter doesn't bother me either because i know what i mean by it and i know why a lot of people don't like the name easter because of celtic involvements it doesn't bother me either uh, not because they, i'm not saying that i'm involved with celtic nonsense but i am not concerned about it because when you put christ first in all things those things don't bother me i know there's a lot of harmlessness seeing how there's really not celtic people running around here it doesn't bother me when i see kids enjoying easter bunnies it doesn't bother me Well, we have little kids running around here picking up Easter eggs in in our front yard here at the church. doesn't bother me. People say, should you do that? Yes, you can let people celebrate and have a good time. We'll talk about that a little more here in a moment. It's okay to let people celebrate and have a good time. There's a lot of harmlessness in it. Yes, there's harm that can be discovered, too, if that's what you're looking for. There's a lot of harm in this world. We know that. But if you're condemning all the time, there's a lot of harm that comes in that, too. A moment ago, the the word Bible thumping was used. The world sees it as that, but that's not what my mother meant when she said Bible thumping. She meant that's what the world sees. In reality, what my mother did, she would talk lovingly about Christ. And yes, that's what the world sees as Bible thumping, but in reality, she didn't Bible thump. She went down there and would talk about how Christ loves them. That's not Bible thumping. That's, That's talking lovingly to somebody. Bible-thumping is when you're condemning, when you're cruel, when you're you're going to hell and you deserve it. That's Bible-thumping. That's condemning, and we're not to be that way. We're to be loving and kind. And, you know, it's true that sometimes people are judgmental, and we're not to be that way. We'll talk about that here a little more in a moment. In fact, I sometimes hear people say that there are some Christians who only celebrate Uh, and come to church on Christmas and Easter, and that is true. There are some, some people call it C&D Christians, and it's true. There are some of that, and that's not good per se. At the same time, we shouldn't condemn them either because let's just be thankful that they come and that they know that those days represent Christ. That's a good thing. No, it's not good that they have not given themselves up to Christ and every day as they should but let's not over uh, indulge them and in, in, uh, in being mocking to them and be condemning to them let's let's be loving to them and let the Holy Spirit be the one that brings them in let's tell them welcome and try to tell them hey you're welcome here anytime I'm so good to see you come back we want to see you more because that's the problem is for two, Condemning as, as the lost day Bible, thumping. if they're too much into that, then they're not going to ever want to come again. But at the same time, Easter Christmas is so very important because that is about Jesus being born. Good Friday is about Jesus dying and Easter resurrection Day is about him coming alive again so that we could be born again. So that the Holy Spirit can bring us in and feel the power. Those are truly holy days. But you know what? There are other days, too. There are other days in which the Lord can be seen in those celebrations, what we can call holidays. There truly are. Okay, so we know that St. Patrick's Day is not truly a holiday, a holy day. But it's okay because did you know that St. Patrick's Day is not really about going out and drinking as the Irish like to say it is? And by the way, I have a lot of Irish in me. But did you know it's not truly about that? It's not about little leprechauns running around with shamrocks. It's not really about that. Okay, I'm not gonna complain. I like to go to McDonald's and get myself a shamrock shake once in a while. I like watching uh, little leprechaun cartoons. I enjoy wearing green. I look good in green. But here's the thing, it's not really about that. What it really is about is St. Patrick, and it's really not about St. Patrick who went around chasing snakes like they like to say out of Ireland. Do you know what it's really about? It's about St. Patrick who went into Ireland and chased out the Celtic false beliefs of Satan worship. When he did that, he brought in Christianity and he taught about Jesus Christ and brought many, many people to Jesus. And maybe that's why you're here today, because your family come to know Jesus Christ. Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe it's not. But I know one thing, you can find the spiritual truth even upon that holiday. You can. Yes, I'm not saying that's what it's about, but it's true. St. Valentine's Day. Okay, we know what mostly it's about. It's about Hallmark and Russell Stover and other people finding money and saying love, love, love. But here's the thing. There's even some spiritual truth in that because St. Valentine was a Christian and he was talking about love. And it wasn't just romantic love he spoke about. He spoke about how God brought love, romantic love, and agape love and, and phileo love and all the love to the world. And it was God who did it. He was a saint, meaning a Christian, not just a Catholic title incidentally and so yes there's some spiritual truth even in that and of course of course I'll get to this in a minute did you know even in the and quote-unquote Halloween originally originally and no I'm not saying that as a Christian used to be out there jumping and running around as a vampire or anything nonsensical like that I am however saying that originally Halloween was the night before all Hallows Day, which means all Saints Day and it was yes a Roman Catholic uh, uh, Belief, but what they would do on All Hallows' Day is remember all the saints who are no longer with us. And what they would do is they would remember them and they would send the whole day about all the saints, all the Christians who are no longer with us and we'd remember them. That's what that was. And the night before would be, we'd remember the others as well. And so that was the night before that. I'm not at at all saying that that's a biblical thing whatsoever. And especially now, now it's more about people dressing up and going out and get candy. And there's nothing wrong with that, except for... The fact that now, unfortunately, the world has made in an evil thing about celebrating demonic stuff. I still watch cartoons and eat the candy because you could tell. But the point of all this is to say you can still find good things, harmless things, if you try. I'm not telling you to be of the world, but in it. And not to condemn. But to bring them to Christ, you need to be loving. And make sure that we don't condemn but you don't need to be of it then there's thanksgiving thanksgiving mostly giving thanks to god almighty that's what it was about i mean if you go all through proverbs and, and psalms it's going to talk about thanksgiving they use the word thanksgiving because it's about giving thanks to god it's not about eating turkey it's about giving thanks to god that's what that day is all about easter and christmas we just talk about it yes there are celtic worldly things in it because it's seeped in yes people will tell you no no christmas and in, Christmas. In Easter is is put then and there because they're trying to disguise those Celtic things. Yes, there's truth to some of that. But we know that those holidays, holy days, truly are mostly about Jesus Christ, the Messiah. You know why? Those Celtic beliefs aren't really around anymore. The lost like to tell you they are. The lost like to tell you that because they want to try to shut you up. But those are holy days about Christ. Do you know the most holy of all days? You might think Sunday, the Sabbath day. Sabbath day doesn't pertain to us anymore. The Jewish had the Sabbath day, and that was Saturday to us, by the way. But in reality, we choose Sunday as a day of having religious day to get together no it's a day of worship but we don't have a Sabbath day we choose Sunday to all get together and worship God no it's holy in that sense but you're not going to hell if you go by and pick up McDonald's on the way I'm not trying to make you hungry I am trying to say to you this is a day, the day that we celebrate. This is the day the Lord has made. We celebrate him each and every day. I'm trying to tell you that every single day is a holy day when God is first in your life. Every day is a holiday, a holy day for the Lord. There are certain specific days that especially be holy when you choose to worship him. Amen? Amen. Don't listen to the legalistic Christians by their own measurement, by the way. By their own rules. And they're not God. Their measurement doesn't count. And don't listen to the. to the uh, Worldly. Worldly Christians. Don't listen to them. They don't count either. Their measurement doesn't work. Because they're not God. You listen to his word. His word is what counts. His way is what counts. He is holy. Not them. So let's now go. Let's now go. To Colossians chapter two, Colossians two sixteen through seventeen, Colossians two sixteen through seventeen. What says? Therefore, let no one judge you for regarding food or drink, or in respect of a holy day, or new moon, or Sabbath days. These are shadows of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. You understand? You understand? He's talking about about how the old ways of the Jewish religion no longer was intact. There will be some who say you're not a good Christian if you don't do things their way. If you put Christ first. By the way, this is not a a way for you to just do whatever you want to do. We're not talking about that. We're saying that Christ, when he's your Messiah, when he is your Savior, which he is, and when he is in charge of you and he'll show you what is right and what is wrong. Romans 14, 5 through 6. Romans 14, 5 through 6 says, One man judges one day above another. Another judges every day alike. That each one be fully persuaded in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats eats in honor of the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And the one who does not eat in honor of the Lord, he does not eat and gives thanks to God. Again, this is not justification. This is not justification for worldly celebration. It's not justification for worldly living. And living and being like the world, that's not justification for it at all. We're not to do that. Not at all. Once again, I will repeat Colossians 3.23, which says, and Whatever you do, do it heartily. That's for the Lord and not for men. We're not to please man, but to please God. And all the things that we do in celebration, we're to celebrate God. God first always. Not the ways of man. Whether that be your fellow Christian man that you may know down the street, or man... Of the world that you work with we're to celebrate God and do it his way not our way i'm sorry i forgot i had that i'm not used to it <laughs> not our way not their way not their way his way who he lives here in the heart amen amen and in fact i will tell you this if you're finding yourself doing something that god says is wrong fix it and fix it now but because pastor says no because god says this pastor has to do it daily, daily, if not hourly, hourly, if not minutely. You could say I'm minute made. <laughs> and no, I don't mean to drink. The fact of the matter is too many people, too many people and too many Christians are on holiday roads. And this is the whole point of the sermon. They're on a holiday road. And I'm not talking about a holiday. I'm not talking about the Jewish holidays. I'm talking about religious holidays. I'm not talking about national holidays or all these other celebrations that we just mentioned. They're on a holiday road, a vacation from service. A vacation from obedience. Now that was already happening. But once COVID hit, and it hit, and it hit hard. And COVID's still around. It's not maybe quite as bad as it was in certain areas, but it's still around. But the fact of the matter is, is people can now still come to church. They can't. And people have used it not to. Some people. Some people do. But the obedience and service to the Lord, and it's not just in our church. It's churches all over the nation. They're not coming back. In other parts of the world, they are. They're coming back. But in some of those places, they're not serving God like they should. They're not believing like they should. They're being taught all sorts of uh, inappropriate things. In some ways, they're learning good. some ways, they're not. We need to get off the holiday road of vacation and staying out of service to the Lord. We need to get off that holiday road and get back into service to Jesus. It's no longer to take a holiday from Christ, but to continuously be on the road that narrow road to the Lord. That's how it needs to be. Christ talked about it. He mentioned it. He spoke of it. It, We need to be back in service. No more excuses. Listen, COVID is just as catchable outside going to Walmart, outside going to quick trip, outside getting in your car than it is in here. It's just as catchable everywhere else as it is here. I would rather be here than a home. I would rather be here than saying, but I'm going to watch it. Listen, there is a difference than being in service, serving God thankfully and joyfully and making sure, joyfully I meant to say, making sure that you know what you're doing, serving him happily. If I'm going to be in holiday, I'm going to be Celebrating the holiday of the Lord, celebrating every day, not being on holiday, on vacation from serving him. Listen to what it says in Luke 16, 15. Luke sixteen fifteen, he, being Christ, said to them, Luke 16, 15, he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men. But God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed before men is an abomination before God. Mm. Amen? I know I I heard you, but I was just going to make sure that you heard you. (laughs) And then there's Galatians. Galatians 4. Galatians 4, 8 through 11. Galatians 4, 8 through 11 says, and this is Paul talking, of course, to the people of Galatia. And he said, Previously, when you did not know God, you served those who by nature are not gods. Talk about false gods, of course. He said, But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how do you turn again to the weak? and beggarly elemental forces to which you desire again to be in bondage. In other words, a slavery. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid for you, lest I have worked for you in vain. He's saying that they're turning back again to the ways of the world, to the ways of the false gods, to the ways that they are willing to go back and serve the false ways of the world. their false gods. So many are doing that. They're doing that. Who have been saved. Yet they live as if they are not. Maybe we've done that too at times. We don't mean to. But it happens so easily. We find ourselves getting off that narrow path and going back to the holiday road. How does that happen? We, We find ourselves accidentally going off onto an exit. It's not intentional, I don't think. Maybe sometimes it is. But thank goodness the Holy Spirit is the one who. What are those little dashes on the side of the road? Whatever they're called. But sometimes the Holy Spirit helps us. Speed bumps, thank you. Sometimes the Holy Spirit gives us those little speed bumps. Get back on. Problem is, sometimes Christians who aren't spending enough time with the Lord, they don't recognize the speed bumps of the Holy Spirit. They don't recognize that noise. What was that? I don't know. That's the Holy Spirit saying. Hey, wake up. I wasn't talking to any of you if you were falling asleep, by the way. But that's okay. Hey, wake up. Listen to this. Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 5.22. You're going to want to write that one down. Oh, boy. 1 Thessalonians 5.22. And this is important. Abstain from all appearances of evil. Now, Pastor, earlier you're saying don't worry about what others think. Earlier you're saying it doesn't matter what they're saying. Well, no, what I said was don't condemn others when they're doing innocent things that are not condemning, uh, that are not involved with God's word. Don't condemn others when they're doing something that's really not hurtful and it's not uh, it's not bad that bad. I was telling you not to be condemning. Not to turn them away from Christ. Okay? That's what I'm telling you. I'm saying, as as the word was used earlier, don't be a Bible, a literal Bible thumper in a sense. Don't be a reason for people not to want to come to Christ, is what I'm saying. They may say that you are, it doesn't mean you are. But in this in this case, abstain from all appearances of evil. Also, don't be one that dresses like the world, talks like the world, walks like the world, lives like the world, does everything like the world, parties with the world, lives like the world. Listen, what do they say? If you quack like a duck, talk like a duck, you're probably a duck. Okay, so I may wear a tie of Donald Duck and Daffy and all that once in a while. It doesn't mean I'm a duck. I heard that. She said, "I'm a mouse." (laughs) She was talking about that like Mickey, but I'm not a mouse either. I'm a man, (laughs) a man of God. (laughs) Mark, chapter seven, verse six through nine. Listen what Jesus says here, and this is so vital, so vital, so important. He answered. Jesus says, in Mark seven six through nine, he answered, "Well." has Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites as it is written These people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me In vain do they worship me teaching as doctrines the precepts precepts of men For laying aside the commandment of God you hold the tradition of men the, worship, the washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things you do. And he said to them, Jesus said, you full well reject the commandment of God so that you may keep your own tradition. People go through traditions all the time, but they don't mean a thing. They don't mean a thing. What was he talking about, the cups and all? They clean the outside so it looks clean, but they don't clean the inside. That's what he's talking about. what he's talking. And as we finish up, I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8 says, Therefore, purge out the old yeast, that you may be a new batch. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I love bread. <laughs> I'm like the dough boy. Pillsbury doughboy. Pillsbury, Pillsbury. You know, that's me. My mom used to have this cookbook, still has it, I love it. I promised it someday. The, uh has the Pillsbury Doughboy on the back of it. I used to have the toy of him, you know, I, I love that guy. I, I used to squeeze it and it make a squeezing noise. But the truth be told, I always expected when I pushed his little belly, I always expected him to go, Hee-hee. never happened, made me a little mad. I love bread. Here's the problem. This is just a symbol when they talk about leaven and unleaven. We as Christians, too many of us have leaven in us. We have leaven in us. We have yeast in us. The symbolism isn't about bread or not eating bread. It's more or less that we're not to have sin in us still. We're to be saved and have that bread uh, to be flat. In other words, we're not to have that sin still in us. We're not to look like the world. We're to be separate from the world. Be unleavened, as you said. So again, 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8, therefore purge out the old yeast, that you may be a new batch, since you are unleavened. For even Christ, for even Christ, our Passover has been sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old yeast, nor with the yeast of malice. And wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Hallelujah. We are forever on holiday road from eternal death and slavery to sin. We're on that holiday road. We're on holiday from it. But not to ever take a holiday from obedience. Take a holiday from celebration of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. To take a holiday from service to our Savior. To take a holiday from being in fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. From taking a holiday from being here with one another. From taking a holiday from reading his word, from living his word, from feeling his word, from taking up and eating his word and letting it live within us. We're never to be in holiday from that. And as I close, I will one more time read Colossians 3.23. I hope you eat of this scripture. Live it, repeat it, continuously, from this day on. Colossians 3. 23. As it says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Let us now bow in prayer. Dear Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all the wonderful days that you give us in this world and this life. I thank you for every day of our life, every day of the year, of the months, of the weeks, and every hour, and every minute of the day, even every second. But I pray we are forever not on holiday from serving you, from being with you, but Lord, that we have a a holy day with you every single day. I pray that we realize just how special our relationship can be with you. And Lord, if we have taken a holiday from our relationship with you and being close with you, I pray this very moment that we realize it, that we will come forward, that we, Lord, will take this time Lord, that we'll take this time with you to make it right, that we we'll reconnect with you, that we'll forever have a wonderful relationship with you. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.